Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. We continue the sermon series in James, and we're actually going to reread a few verses that were read last Sunday, but a part of a broader context. So today we're narrowing in just a little bit. And we read from the first chapter, verses 19 through 21. The first chapter, verses 19 through 21. So listen to the word of God. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, Rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. Hmm. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. I know we read this part last week. As I mentioned, as a part of a larger reading, but those verses seemed somehow just to reach out and grab my soul in such a way that they needed to have a sermon just on them. But of course, we look at the context in which they're written in this letter of James. We are reminded that James has already spoken to us earlier in the chapter about trials and temptations. He's admonished us to grow in faith and wisdom. And just in the few verses before, he, he speaks of everything good that God has bestowed upon us. And then he says this, in the fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, what does he mean by that? He's saying, in essence, that when we allow God in our hearts and we become followers of Jesus Christ, we represent what new God is doing, promised throughout the people of old. In the Old Testament, we read it. But God has said through Jesus Christ, I I want to adopt all people into the family of faith through Christ. And so when we accept him and become more and more like him, we are representatives, if you will. We're the first first fruits, the first offering to the world of the love of God in Jesus Christ. And then immediately thereafter is when he says, be quick to listen and slow to anger, slow to speak, to rid ourselves of sordidness and rank growth of wickedness. That makes sense. But it was the very next part that the Spirit set upon my heart and would not let go. And it is this. And welcome with meekness 
the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. And welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. That's a pretty heavy statement. And it's one we can easily skim over on our way to the next section, which says be doers of the word and not hearers only. But to say let the word of God be implanted in our hearts. To be implanted in our hearts with meekness. Why meekness? Because when we are determined to have our own way, when we're determined to follow our own understanding, when we're determined to do everyone what is right in his own eyes, our personalities, our willfulness will will make it impossible for the word of God to implant in us. And so it's with a spirit of meekness That says, Lord, teach me what you will. Let your word come into my being and take root. Let me be guided by you and not lean on my own understanding. And I'll be honest, there are lots of scriptures I read that I don't want to be meek and understand. I want what I want when I want it. Or I just don't want to read it. Am I talking to anyone but me? When God says, love your enemy, Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. Nope. When God says, take up your cross and follow me. Next. When the Lord says, share out of your abundance and eat out of your scarcity, that others will have enough, flip the page. There's so many things of scripture that I can read with my mind, but unless I, unless we are willing to say, Lord, remove the part of me, that stubborn part, and I don't think I'm alone, that stubborn part of me that doesn't want your word to take root in my life, remove that. Well, meekness must come first. So we pray for the will of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts and our minds so that when we read scripture, it becomes a part of who we are and we're willing to hear what it has to say. The questions for me or the question for me becomes, why should we invest so much time and energy in the word of God. Well, first of all, we know that according to James, and we all know this is true, when we are tempted to follow a way other than God's way, when we're tempted to speak too quickly and not to listen enough, when we're tempted to say harsh words that we cannot take back, when we're tempted not to behave in a way that allows the righteousness of God to shine through, the way we address that is through God's word. We spend time in God's word. So why become invested in the word of God? Because in so doing, we are much more likely to be molded into the mind of Christ, sanctified from the inside out so that our behavior becomes more consistent with what we believe, which is what James is saying. We spend time in God's word because in very many respects, it is our nourishment. 
If we want to find God, we look in Scripture. And there, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word becomes alive and lives within us, and it provides nourishment to our souls. We spend time in Scripture because in God's Word, we discover the very character of God, God's radical love, God's expectations, God's promises, God's trustworthiness. In God's word, we look back and see how God has always been and what God continues to do. We hear about God's promises and through them we come to understand who God is. We spend time in God's word to know the very character of God. Now, I'm the first one to say, as I was sitting out at Caney Lake this weekend at a part as a spiritual director for a women's retreat, my soul was enriched just looking out of the beauty at that lake through the pine trees down the little rolling hill. That is my idea of heaven. I'm just going to tell you right now. And certainly it gives insight into the character of God's magnificent. But if we want to know really who God is, then we turn to God's word. So we spend time in God's scripture because that's how we know the character of God. And then doggone it, we spend time in God's word because that's where we see ourselves. And more than once, I'm not thrilled with what I see. My professor used to say, every time you read scripture, you should ask yourself, where am I in this text? What insight can I glean about my own relationships and my relationship with God? Sometimes, every now and then, I can identify with someone who actually is behaving well, and I think, yay, go me. And then I turn the page, and oh, well, there I am. But if we want to know who we are, we read scripture. And we pray for the meekness of spirit to be honest enough with ourselves to see ourselves as we are. So we turn to scripture because God tells us to. We turn to scripture to find out God's expectations for us. We turn to scripture when we're struggling and in doubt. We turn to scripture when we want to know the very character and nature of God. But I think there's an even more important reason to turn to God's word. And you know, I already told you, I believe in memorizing scripture and I believe God has a word for every situation and there is always a temptation to use God's word as a weapon, which he does not intend. It is instead not only to know about God and to see who we really are, but in a much more important way, spending time in scripture is a way of becoming intimate with God so that we don't just know about him, we know him. As I already shared with you, one of the books for this series I have found meaningful is Believing in God but Living as If He Doesn't Exist, The Christian Atheist by Craig Groeschel. And in it he says this, Getting to know God is not difficult, and it isn't about a bunch of rules. 
Yes, God wants your obedience, but he wants your heart even more. He says over and over again that if you seek him, you will find him, and you can find him by reading the Bible. He's been there all along. A vibrant and intimate relationship with God will empower you to heal from the hurts of your past. Forgive what seems unforgivable and change what seems unchangeable about yourself. Walking with God will break the power of materialism in your life and lead you to a radically generous life. Instead of living for yourself and for the moment, you'll live for Christ and for eternity. Your heart will begin to break for the reasons that cause God's heart to break. You'll serve him faithfully as part of his bride, the church. Instead of living in torment from worry and fear, you'll learn to experience peace, grace, and trust. As you get to know him, you'll live boldly for him, excitedly sharing your faith with others, less and less concerned about what others think. Knowing you will make you ache to tell others about him. Get to know God, and when you do, you will never be the same. And if you're not already in a Bible study, I encourage you to be in one. Because we can read scripture alone until the cows come home, and I encourage each person to read scripture every day. But it's confusing at times and difficult. And if we're not careful, we can decide what it means without actually having to study what it means. And so if you're not already also a part of a larger group of people with whom you share daily or weekly Bible study, I encourage you to do that. And if you're just not sure where to get started, then I hope you'll see one of the pastors here at this church. God wants to be known, and he wants to be in relationship, and it'll forever change our lives. And where do we start? In the very word of God. And if you agree, say amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.